Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach David Bartke here. Today is Sunday, January 21st, 2018, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we are on the last chapter, David, of Asking It Is Given, Chapter 22. This has been quite an odyssey. We're finally drawing to a close. Can you imagine? Wow, it's been amazing. I love uh, talking about all the chapters and all the amazing information. It's been great. It has been great. We're going to have to find another one to do. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, I'm sure we'll have other things to talk about We'll just have to figure out yeah. what those are going to be, but uh, this is like it's, it's like what it is. Like, what do you do next? <laughs> You've well, done the ultimate. Plenty to talk about. Plenty of law of attraction books, so I'm sure we'll be just fine. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the good news. There are plenty of them. That's true. So, uh, so how's your week been? Did you have a good good week? Any uh, any wins going on? I had a great week. Yeah, I mean the wins were um, more in a general way this past week. Like I had some great coaching sessions and. Save transportation everywhere I went, which was great because we went on a few longer drives and everything went well. And, uh, yeah, it's just my vibration was at a good place all week and it's just been really good. What about with you? That sounds great. Yeah, actually, um, it's been good. The, the book project is moving along very nicely. We're, um, we're up to 37 co-authors now, so we're almost at 50. We got 13 more spots to fill. In fact, I was doing some, okay. some outreach, uh, just this morning before we did the show. And, uh, so yeah, I'm hoping to fill that up pretty quickly. But, uh, we're also getting some of the submissions back and some of the articles. Man, I gotta tell you, David, this book is gonna be great. This is gonna be hey. a really good book because people have some really terrific manifestation stories that they're sharing. And of course, they're all the way coaches, you know, but, but, oh yeah, me too. I mean, this is gonna be a good one. And I also have been kind of putting a little teaser out because we, the way we're going to launch this book, we're going to, we'll announce that it's coming and, and, you know, we'll be sharing it with all of our respective social circles and so forth. But we're also going to do something else on or around the day of the launch. We may even do it as a pre-launch. We're not quite sure how we're going to do it just yet. Um, we're going to make the book available as an ebook on Kindle for free. For a Ooh. short period of time, so that That's listeners great. who are, you know, we're going to reward listeners for listening to the podcast, basically. And, yeah. uh, you know, anyone who's listening, uh, you'll, you'll want to keep subscribing. You want to keep, uh, you know, keep up with all the shows because, um, there will only be a very limited time. It'll be a matter of, of a few days at most that you'll be able to do it, but you'll be able to download it for free, not have to pay for it and, uh, you know, get your free daily dose of happy, right? Which is what we're yeah. all about. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so it's going to be good stuff. Oh, and plus also the podcast now has had since November 2016 over 17,000 plays, 17,000 wow. plays downloaded. Yeah. So. Fantastic. Yeah, it's been a lot of good news lately. It's, it's been good stuff. Um, so you had a... Um Safe transportation all week and good things like that. Happen. Yeah, oh yeah, the basic stuff's all all been good. Um, my wife is actually getting ready to take a little trip north to visit uh, family and friends and that uh, she hasn't caught up with in years. So she's doing like a New England trip. But uh, unfortunately, nice. unfortunately, I can't go with her because I have this really wonderful, fun, and exciting podcast to do every day. But <laughs> you know, hey, these things are trade offs, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just um, just before we start, because I know sometimes people don't have time to listen to the whole thing, if there is anyone that may be interested in some Law of Attraction coaching, they can go to my site, lifecoachdavid.com, and uh, contact me through there. So I just wanted to mention that earlier this time, just in case. 
Very good. All right. Well, then I think we have the preliminaries out of the way. Why don't we just <laughs> dive into it? Because we got one last chapter to really just enjoy wow. and savor here. So let's savor it. Now, this yep. is chapter 22 of Asking It Is Given, and it's titled The Different Degrees of Your Emotional Guidance Scale. And it's actually a fairly long chapter. Um, I'm not sure we can cover the whole chapter in our, our hour here, but uh, we can certainly get to you know the gist of what they're talking about because the gist is fairly straightforward. We've actually talked about it before, too. I know you and I have a number of times, this, this emotional scale. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll start off just by reading the first couple paragraphs, and that will get us going. It says, you might say that different emotions have different vibrational frequencies, but a more accurate way of saying it would be your emotions are indicators of your vibrational frequency. Mm-hmm. When you remember that your emotions indicate your degree of alignment with source energy and that the better you feel, the more you are allowing your alignment with the things you desire, then it is easier to understand how to respond to your emotions. Absolute alignment with your own source energy means that you know the following. You are free. You are powerful. You are good. You are love. You have value. You have purpose. And all is well. Boy, that really does summarize being in alignment, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and if we could, if we could always remember that under all circumstances, <laughs> yeah, that would be really helpful. <laughs> yeah, and it goes on. At any time that you are thinking thoughts that cause you to know your true nature, you are in alignment with who you really are. For this is the state of absolute alignment, and the way those thoughts feel is the ultimate emotion of connection. When you think in terms of a fuel gauge on a vehicle, this state of alignment would be the same as a full tank. In other words, yeah. imagine a gauge or scale with gradations or degrees which indicate the position of the fullest allowance of your connection with your source energy all the way down to your emptiest, most resistant disallowance of your alignment with source energy. And a scale of emotions would look like this. And they give you a, a whole list of, of words here, yeah. ranging from joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, appreciation at the top to... Yeah. Fear, grief, depression, despair, powerlessness at the bottom. Yes. Now, here's yep. here's something that often gets neglected. There are, there are a lot of people who talk about this emotional guidance system, this, this scale. But there's one really key piece that they talk about, that, that, they, that they often fail to talk about, and that comes up next here. It says, since the same words are often used to mean different things, and different words are often used to mean the same things, these word labels for your emotions are not absolutely accurate for every person who feels the emotion. In fact, giving word labels to the emotions could cause confusion and distract you from the real purpose of your emotional guidance scale. The thing that matters most is that you consciously reach for a feeling that is improved. The word for the feeling is not important. Interesting. That's good. I like that. And yeah. how how rarely do we hear that? It, because I, it, you can actually see it later on in this chapter. You can see it in other parts of their writing. You can see it in other writings from other authors as well. Like the word wanting or the word desire. I mean, we, we, we think a lot in terms of wanting stuff or desiring stuff. And you think about it, you can have two entirely different vibrations on that. You can have a desire that says, yes, 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 I'm so excited by this. I feel good yeah. when I think about it. Or you can have a vibration of, oh, God, I don't have that. Why don't I have that? I, don't, I really should have it. It's an entirely different vibration. You know what I mean? And, and it, yeah. it really causes problems for people. Yes, yes. But it's, that is important. What, what they're saying is that it's just the idea that always reach for feeling better. And you can tell if you're feeling better by how you're feeling. And it, it doesn't matter if there's a word for it. It's just a, it, if you're feeling better, then 
and you're doing better. It's just that simple. It's something that I wished I had been more aware of when I first heard about the guidance system because somebody gave me the scale, and I looked at the scale, and I didn't. I mean, some of the scale didn't even make sense to me because it's, mm-hmm. the way that they used the words was were not necessarily the way I would use the words. Like, for instance, they put. Um, where was it? Let me look at their scale. They they put uh, where is it? It's a long list. So you give me a second here. <laughs> I, I have the list if you need. Oh, here to it is. Something. Yeah, they they put anger and revenge and jealousy yeah. as being more positive than insecurity. Yes. And I'm thinking to myself, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, holy cow! Okay, well, that just shows we all have different. For me, insecurity is just kind of like a mildly negative thing. It's not like, oh my god, I feel so insecure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so there's an example but, uh, of it. But on that same line, though, of insecurities, insecurity, guilt, or unworthiness. So um, uh, to me, unworthiness is, is a little bit stronger. It is a little stronger. But but on the other hand, I don't, I don't know. Revenge? <laughs> Revenge is more positive than feeling unworthy? Oh, my goodness. Okay. You know, it, we, I mean, the point is we could all debate this every single day and, you know, for yeah. the rest of our lives yeah. and still not get agreement on what's on the scale, which is why I love the idea it doesn't matter what the word is. Yeah. Because as they also point out else, elsewhere, in, in numerous cases, actually, there are really only two emotions, positive and negative, preferred and not preferred. Mm-hmm. What feels good to us? What feels bad to us? Those are really the only two emotions. We express them a lot of different ways. We have different words for them. You know, we 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 think of uh, joy and love and happiness and 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 peace and and freedom all all being different feelings, but really they're all the same feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're just a higher vibration. I like to look at like those higher vibration right. words and feelings and lower vibration words and feelings. Exactly. Yeah, the vibrational level. The the, how, how how high is high? <laughs> because that's what I'm not yeah. constantly aiming for. I'm aiming for as high as I can get to, and then maybe a little bit yeah. higher, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or perhaps how high is up. I guess that's the more conventional phrase, isn't it? But. And sometimes getting being higher vibrationally, depending on where you're at, isn't necessarily super high if you're not at a super high place. So right. Yeah. That's, that's important to know, too. Like, you're not... You're not failing if you just brought yourself up a right. little bit. If you were kind of feeling down, you're still doing good just by doing that. That's still okay. Absolutely, yeah. The point is improving, not not being at the <laughs> highest possible level. The point is always getting a little bit better, feeling a little bit better. Because you yeah. do that long enough, you're going to reach a, uh, your highest point, even if it's not everybody else's. You're going to reach yours at some exactly. point. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Because it's always changing for everybody. That's right. Yeah. In fact, even even the set point, they call it an emotional set point. That's got to be the most misleading term in the universe. Emotional mm-hmm. set points are never set. <laughs> they, change, they change constantly. <laughs> I mean, they change moment by moment. You know, so calling them set points is like, you know, it, it, okay, here's our snapshot. Okay, now it's set. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I I use it like with my clients. Like sometimes, especially when I first start working with someone. They might be at a lower vibration in general, and then after a few weeks of coaching, that part changes. So if you want to call that a set point, then that might be... Yeah, I think that's um, valid. I think that's valid because I know when I was in my own state of depression many years ago, um, it didn't feel like I could move. Right. 
Right. You feel locked in there. And, and in fact, the yeah. idea of of deliberately moving my own set point just seemed absurd. <laughs> that seemed impossible. I, I couldn't imagine how that could happen. How, how on earth do you do that? You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you, it can seem like you're just stuck. And and I suppose at that point, your your set point really isn't moving very much because you're you're staying very much in that range. The the thing that I didn't notice at the time though. And that it's often hard to recognize when you're in that kind of a place is that even people who are depressed aren't depressed 100% of the time. They have their moments, right? We all have yeah. our moments, you know? Yeah. Maybe the person who's depressed laughs once a year, but they did laugh once. And in that moment of laughter, they weren't d deeply depressed. Maybe they were the next moment, but for that one moment, they moved up the scale to some level. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, we're not we're not as stuck as we think. Cause That's once right. You, once you know some things that you can deliberately do to unstuck yourself, they're not that hard, and it's like it makes a nice difference. Or perhaps, perhaps the flip side is we are exactly stuck as we think. All we have to do is just change what we think. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Two different ways That's of looking right. at it. the same thing, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes words so difficult. That, that's why it's always so difficult to discuss these kinds of things because our words are slippery. Yeah. We, don't, we don't really think about it that way, but words are really slippery. Trying to make them always fit doesn't always work because we have different emotional reactions under different circumstances. We may describe the same circumstance differently three different times by having three different emotional states and three different occasions. But it's the same thing. We just described it three times. <laughs> <laughs> but it just it just goes by how you're feeling. So if you if right. you can get in touch and in tune with that, if you're not feeling so great emotionally, then you can you can change that deliberately and start raising yourself and feeling better. And in fact, they have a subhead that comes up a couple pages later that says why your slightest improvement is, is of such great value. Yes. It says, when you are consciously aware of where you are, and you also know where you would like to be, and you have a means of understanding whether or not you are pointed in the direction of where you want to be, then nothing can keep you there. The seeming lack of control of your life experience is mostly because you do not realize in which direction you are headed. And without a conscious realization of your own emotions and what they mean, you often move away from where you really want to be. Boy, is that the truth. <laughs> Until yeah. until I yeah. learned that my emotions actually control my direction, it's, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like being in the in the uh, the driver's seat, but not knowing that there's a steering wheel there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just kind of flip flop based on what happens. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Oh, let's play bumper cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something good happened. Now I'm feeling good. That's right. Something bad happened. Oh I'm no. <laughs> It's great to know that we're no longer um, subject to the whims of fate, that, in fact, the whims yeah. of fate are nothing more than whatever it is we're feeling and focusing on. So, there are many words that are used to describe emotions, but there are really only two emotions. Oh, there it is. One feels good mm -hmm. and one feels bad. And every incremental place along the emotional scale only indicates degrees of the allowance of the powerful, pure, positive source energy. And that's the most important point, isn't it, right there? It's really just yeah. degrees. It's like de how far out of alignment or how far in alignment we are. That, that's that's what the degrees are about, right? Yes, but we're all we're always connected to source energy. Yes, regardless. 
We're yeah. always connected. You're, ne- you're never disconnected. Right. We, we, we often say that, that it seems like we're disconnected. They even refer to it this way. They say the full state of disconnection feels like despair, grief, fear, or depression. Yeah. But even then, we're not totally disconnected. It just feels no. like we are. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important point, too. We can never really become disconnected. We can never really disconnect from source because we're part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the sun is always behind the clouds. Like you may not see it, but it's always there. That's right. Kind of how I like to look at it. Yeah, that's a good way to describe even, it. Even even at times when we may not be feeling so connected for whatever reason, kind of just knowing that oh, okay, but I still am. It kind of just helps. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it, it it's helpful if if nothing else to hear it. You know, to have somebody else yeah. say it to you, because then you know the worst doesn't seem quite so bad. It, it seems like there's there's hope. There's, there's a chance to get out of whatever this thing is that we're stuck in. Yes, yes. Now it does say in the next section only you knew only you know if choosing anger is appropriate for you. Now that's an interesting topic because there are some people like even on the scale it says that anger is less negative than some of the other stuff. That's right. Yeah, there's twenty. There's twenty-two points on the scale, and anger is number seventeen. Yeah, so yeah. Not, that's it's, not even at the bottom. It's not the lowest. No, which is kind of interesting. But it says if a severely depressed person could consciously discover the relief of an angry thought, and more importantly, could consciously recognize that he has deliberately chosen the angry thought, hmm, he would immediately regain a sense of his own power, and his depression his depression would lift. Now, of course, it's important that he does not remain in his place of anger, but from that angry place, he now has access to the relieving thoughts of frustration. Now, that's kind of weird to say that. Let's be perfectly blunt. I I want to move from being depressed to angry so that I can feel frustration. This is not the kind of thing we normally reach for. (laughs) (laughs) Not normally, but from this law of attraction point of view, it does make a difference. So the question is raised, why not reach for something higher? And I don't know, I don't see them addressing it here directly, but they have addressed it in other books and other places, which is when you're in a really low, a really negative place, it's often hard to see the positive stuff. It's often yeah. hard to be, be aware of it. I mean, you, you can be told abstractly that it's there, but feeling it and reaching out for it, it's like it's a, it's a nothingness that's not, not even in reach. And it, it, it varies. I mean, sometimes you're going to feel, Especially if you're a practitioner on a regular basis, you're going to feel it, that it's easier to get there. But when you're, especially when you're first starting out, that can feel like miles and miles away. So that's why they're recommending just reach for the one that's next up on the rung. You know, if, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you feel you can reach higher, it's, you, the reason you feel that is because you can actually, in a sense, see it. You can see the thing that you're reaching for. So okay, yeah, you can, you can maybe skip a step. You know, you can go up a, two steps instead of one step. Um, but for most people, it's probably too much to go directly from number 22 on the scale to number one on the scale. That, that's a pretty <laughs> large leap. Yes. Even like when I talk with people about the one to ten vibrational scale, someone's at a lower number, Even it's a similar concept. Even just getting yourself up from like a, say they're at a three, from a three to a four or three to a five is fantastic. Yeah, oh yeah. It's not. It's not that you're failing because you couldn't get to a ten. You can't get to a ten from there, but you can get you can get from a three to a four or five, and then maybe later on that day bring yourself to a six or seven. Yeah, yeah, you can work your way up there. 
Exactly. It's like climbing a ladder. You you wouldn't want to try to climb the ladder by jumping from the lowest rung to the highest rung because, first of all, you wouldn't be able to do it. And second of all, if you did manage to do it, you'd win the high jump in the Olympics. But uh, the, the fact is most of us can't win the high jump, so we do the normal thing. We walk up the rungs. <laughs> And it feels good to do it. It, it does. It feels better. Even from a three to a five, it feels much better. Yeah. So e- even if you're moving into the less negative uh, steps, they still feel better than the more negative steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really the key to keep in mind. It's, it's feeling better. It's improving. That counts. And, and then once you've improved, then improve some more. And then once you've improved some more, then improve some more. Now, I mean, there, there is another yeah. case that happens, though. There is the case of somebody who will improve, and then they'll backslide. Oh, that could definitely happen. But then what are you – the difference is that when you backslide, are you starting to deliberately try to improve again or are you staying there? And what's your experience? What do you find that, that people tend to do? Do they tend to try to climb out of it or do they tend to just kind of stay there? Well, in the beginning, like when someone's just learning about law of attraction, it takes them longer to, re- to start getting themselves out, mm-hmm. whereas someone who's more – has spent more time practicing some of the processes and just practicing some of the theories, then they can start realizing sooner, like, oh, wait a minute, I've slipped a little bit. Let me do something to get start pulling myself up. Right. Okay. But that's the goal. the key, though, is just start to do something to pull yourself up, and that's like that's the difference between people that know about this and people that don't. People that know about it realize, okay, wait a minute, I feel lower vibrationally. Let me do something deliberately to start raising myself. And then, you know, they'll start feeling the difference when they do that compared to someone else who doesn't know about this where they won't know to deliberately do something and they'll be stuck there longer. Yeah, further along on page, uh, I think it's page 118 of the book, um, they have a subsection that kind of summarizes it nicely. It's entitled, I'm doing my best to make the best of it. And the key section of the paragraph says, the key to regaining your wonderful feeling of personal empowerment and control is to decide right now, no matter how good or how bad you are feeling, that you're going to do your best to make the best of it. Reach for the best feeling thought that you have access to right now. And as you do that again and again, in a short period of time, you'll find yourself in a very good feeling place. That's just the way it works. That's right. And it's all relative to where you are. I mean, I've had clients who I've asked, like I've explained the one to ten scale, and I say, "Where are you on? Where are you on that?" And they'll say a negative three. Yeah, yeah, I've had that too. And then, yeah, then like a few weeks later, they say they're at a two, and they're like, "You know what? A two feels so much better than negative three. Sure does. It's just, so it's like all relative. It just depends where you are. But it's, yep. but there's all you can always do something to move yourself up. And and in the moving up, what we end up doing is realizing our power. We're realizing that That's we do right. have influence and control. And, and it can take a while. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. you know, the first time that you move yourself up, it's like, celebrate and then backslide. Oh, what happened? <laughs> I was up there. <laughs> I know I was there. I felt it. <laughs> yeah. No, that happens all the time. Like, I always hear people say that. Like, oh, I was, you know, the first part of the week, I felt like I was at a seven. And I don't know what happened, but now I've been at a four the last few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can well, that see, does happen. It can't can seem definitely to, start pulling yourself up again. You can oh yeah, to do that. which you should, which is the thing to do. It can seem yeah. like though that it just comes out of the blue, and I think I know why. I think it's because, well, as, as we know, any time that we're in any kind of a negative emotional stance, we're really in resistance. Um, this is the yes. thing that uh, that they talk about in a lot of the other books, not so much in this book, um, where 
your inner being, your true source, your true self, um, your, your non-physical self, is always looking at you and looking at your life in a very positive way. They, they never, the, the inner being never sees what's going on in a negative light. It always looks at the silver lining. Whereas the physical part of us, that's the part that sees the black cloud instead of the silver lining. And so the physical part of us is feeling one thing, the inner being is feeling the other thing, and the contrast is what creates the emotional difference that, that, that makes us feel negative. It, it's, it's, what makes, it's what makes it feel bad. So when you understand it that way, then every time that we're trying to climb out, we're basically trying to climb out of that, that resistant position, that resistant position where the, the physical person is saying, oh, this is so bad, and the, and the positive inner side being side is saying, oh, no, this is all very good. <laughs> yeah. it, and it's easy to see how that would be resistant. I mean, because the two can't really co- coexist in, in, a, in a clear sense. The only way they can coexist is if it creates an imbalance if it creates a an uncomfortable situation and surely negative emotion is very uncomfortable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it wants to be there when you can be better right <laughs> better than that but i like the model when when it's explained that way because then it makes much more sense to me what it means to be resistant what it means to be feeling negative emotion what negative emotion yeah. really is coming from I, I never heard a clear example a clear explanation about what negative emotion was other than well you know it's just emotion which, which, it, I mean, for the longest time I put up with that, but it's not really a satisfying explanation when you think about it. It's nice to know why I'm feeling emotion. Why does it happen that way? Why is it positive rather than negative? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're more in alignment. Yeah. Source is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. But n- now I know what. Al- now I have a better idea of what in alignment means. I yes. Mean, what's, when, what's the expression that Esther uses when you when you're tapped in? Tuned in and turned, turned on. on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like Timothy Leary, <laughs> which of course is the last thing they have in mind. But it sounds just like Timothy Leary. <laughs> but she says something like that. That's kind of when you know you're you're really connected in a, in a high vibration way. Right. And when you're in the in the low vibration way too, you you know it both ways. You understand it both ways. So, okay, next set, subhead. If I can get there emotionally, I can get anywhere. That's really a key point here. It goes on and says, right now I am going to find the best feeling thought that I can. I am going to reach for more relief, more relief, more relief. And then it says, remember, rage gives you a feeling of relief from depression, from grief, despair, fear, guilt, powerlessness. And it goes through a whole bunch of emotions like that and says, when you get further up the scale, it starts saying things like hopefulness gives you a feeling of relief from pessimism. Optimism gives you a, a feeling of relief from hopefulness. Positive expectation gives you even more relief. And then joy gives you the alternate relief. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's each step up the scale is what they're talking about there. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's see, skipping on to the next section. But what about those who desire not to desire? Do you run into that at all, people who think that it's a bad idea to desire? Not really. <laughs> no. Well, read the, read the little section. Maybe I'll understand. But I don't think so. Okay. Well, all right. Here we go. We would describe the sensation of desire as the delicious awareness of new possibilities. Desire is a fresh, free feeling of anticipating wonderful expansion. And the feeling of desire is truly the feeling of life flowing through you. 
But many people, while they are using the word desire, feel something quite different. That's kind of what we were talking about before. People have different ways of using words, right? Desire for them often feels like yearning. For while they are focused upon something that they want to experience or have, they are equally aware of its absence. And so, while they are using words of desire, they are offering a vibration of lack. They come to think that the feeling of desire is like wanting something that they do not have. But there is no feeling of lack in pure desire. So if you will keep in mind that whenever you ask, it is always given, then each of your desires will now be pure, non-resisted desire. More precisely, they will be non-resisted, pure desire if you keep yourself in that positive feeling range. That's really the most important thing there. Yeah. And it's true when you think about it. I mean, how often have people said, well, I asked for something and it didn't come? Yep. And it's always because we contradicted ourselves in some way, right? It's always because we, we put out, first we put out the positive. We're really good at putting out the positive request. You know that? We're really good at that. Initially. Yeah, yeah that initial initially, request, it's yeah. nice, it's clear, it, it, it's, you know, beyond doubt. And then almost immediately, so many times, we, we, we immediately start to feel like the doubt and the uncertainty. And, and in that very moment, we, we change the vibration to something that can't deliver it. <laughs> That's right. And yet, how often do we do that? I mean, that's part of being human, I guess. We're building up that wall of resistance little by little by doing that, and we're blocking it from not coming in. I remember when I was first asking, how am I resisting? Because I didn't understand what they meant by resistance. I hadn't heard that being in a, a negative emotional space was offering resistance. So they said, well, you don't want to offer resistance. And I said, I'm not offering resistance. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I looked down at my belly and I said, so where's the resistance? <laughs> I don't see any resistance. <laughs> it's a little confusing if you don't understand. But once you understand yeah. what the resistance is, then you say, okay, so every time that I'm feeling negative, I'm putting up resistance to something. Well, that's not right. good. Every time you question, like, well, how's that going to happen? Or when's it going to happen? I've been feeling good about it for a week. Why hasn't it happened yet? So that's not a good thing. So what do I do? You deliberately return to focusing on what you want and why you want it. Because when you do that, you're staying in a higher vibration about it. Well, here's you the have to always you have to. There's a certain amount of trust involved. Like, like we can't see everything that's going on, but we but we know that the law of attraction is always orchestrating and lining up everything to happen that we want. So we can just kind of trust that without getting into the fear, worry, and doubt, and the when, and the why, and the how, then we can easily allow it in. It's just, can we do that? So here's the tricky part of the question. If we started with a desire that was actually more mashed up after the initial thrust, so to speak, as a feeling of an absence of desire, then how do we get back into the pure desire? You see what I mean? Because we said, well, I still desire it. You know, my desire hasn't changed. Well, actually, it has, but I'm not. I'm not aware of how my desire has changed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing; it has. It has. We changed. have to remember it's the law of attraction. It's law. It's not like the maybe. <laughs> the maybe, <laughs> the of maybe law of attraction. <laughs> it's law. It's like it's not. It's going to manifest for us if we can stay in the pure, positive, expectant energy of it. I'm going to take a tangent here for a second because when you when you emphasize that it was law, it made me think of something else. I'm I'm, I'm currently reading uh, from a number of the Abraham books, um, particularly from uh, the book called The Law of Attraction and the book called The Vortex. 
and I can't remember which yeah. of the books it was from, but one of the books, it talks about, they, they, they make a very brief reference. They, they make a reference to the law of gravity, but they say that the law of gravity actually doesn't apply everywhere, but the law of attraction does. And I thought to myself, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Because what they're really saying is the law of attraction is a greater law than the law of gravity. Mm-hmm. I've always heard it used together, though. Like people will say, well, like there's a law of gravity. Like any time you take a ball and you drop the ball, at least here on Earth, <laughs> mm. the ball's going to drop. And the same with with law of attraction. Like it's, it's always responding to us all the time. Well, it makes me wonder if the law of gravity is actually a subset of the law of attraction. Because I mean, when you take a physics class in high school, right? They teach you right. that what gravity really is is, is attraction, be- mass attraction between two bodies. Bodies being like you know, Earths and moons and you know, mm-hmm. very large bodies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it also applies to smaller bodies. But uh, the point is that there is a relationship, and, and there's actually a formula for it that describes the relative masses of two objects and their proximity to each other. And that combination, the, the, the formula that helps you to come up with a, a number, so to speak, that identifies how much gravity there is. Well, that kind of, of, of um, proximity and mass thing, and since we know that mass is really just energy in a concentrated form, well, then it, it really suggests to me that it's a special case of the law of attraction. In fact, we even have, I mean, this isn't generally what they mean by the vibration, but the, you know, the earth rotates. So the, the, the earth right. is in a constant motion there. So, so there's kind of like a, a specific special case version of vibration in the law of attraction. Is it pure vibration? It probably doesn't actually qualify directly as vibration, but there's enough similarity there to make me say, Hmm, I wonder, you know, Interesting concept. Yeah, I I don't know how to carry the concept forward further than that, but it just makes me think. Law of attraction. If 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 Abraham is right, and I I believe them, but if Abraham is right that the law of attraction is more universal than the law of gravity, then maybe the law of gravity really is a special case of the law of attraction. Of course, it also raises the question: When does the law of gravity not apply? They they say it happens in other dimensions, but they don't get more specific than that. So I wonder. Okay, so what are well, those other dimensions? Like, <laughs> when you, you drop a ball here on Earth, <laughs> it's gonna fall. If the if the astronauts take a ball up in space and drop it, it's not gonna drop down. It's gonna go up. Well, it doesn't go up really; it just kind of stays there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're in synchronous <laughs> orbit, right? <laughs> Anyway, that's that's sort of like a side speculation. I just thought I'd mention that one. Yeah. So yeah. we're we're closing in on the end of the book, and the next section that we touch upon is: Does your desire feel like the next logical step? Well, that's tying in directly to what we were talking about before. You want to reach for whatever you can reach for. Don't try to reach for something you can't even see. So yeah, that that that's how you find the next step, right? You 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 try to find: Does your desire feel like the next logical step? And if your desire doesn't feel like a next logical step, it makes it harder to believe in it, and so it's not a pure desire anymore. Does that make sense to you? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and they give an example here, by the way. For example, a mother and her adult daughter were contemplating purchasing a lovely house in a beautiful area and creating a wonderful bed and breakfast facility. 
The daughter said to her mother, If only we could find a way to make this happen, it would make me happy for the rest of my life. If this could happen, it would make up for all those things that I wanted that didn't come to pass. <laughs> and we explained that the vibration of her desire was not yet in the pure place that it needed to be in order to allow this experience to manifest. Because when your desire feels so big that it feels unreachable, it is not on the verge of manifestation. But when your desire feels to you like it is the next logical step, then it is on the verge of manifestation. So that, that, that's, again, that's where a lot of the source of confusion is, isn't it? The fact that... But that's a good example because even though they, they wanted that bed and breakfast, by bringing in the low vibration thoughts that they did, it kind of brought that resistance into that manifestation. But she didn't think of it as low vibration. In fact, she even prefaced it by saying, if only we could find a way to make this happen, it would make me happy for the rest of my life. She thought that was a happy thought. But it's the next part where she says it would take, it would make up for all the things that didn't go my way. That's right. Yeah. So she contradicted herself that's without the part realizing. That, like, but that's the resistant part. Yeah. That, that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. She contradicted herself. She didn't realize yeah. it. And and we do that yeah. all the time. We're so good at contradicting <laughs> ourselves. It's actually one of my goals for 2018 to, every time I notice myself contradicting myself, to stop and reframe it in some way so that it, I'm no longer contradicting myself. That's great. And have you experienced that yet, where you've actually stopped yourself in the moment and then re refocused? Oh, constantly, yeah, for years. And I, I know I've been trying to do it for years. I'm just trying to do it more consistently in 2018. I, <laughs> I want to make sure I, I catch it more often, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you learned that pretty quickly because, well, I, I don't know about you, the first time that I realized that my negative thoughts were, were, were causing my misery, my misery, I, I started taking like a, a, a census of my negative thoughts and realized, yes. God, they're like all negative. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. all negative. I don't come out with positive thoughts. What the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> well, I, well, you'll like this one because I always ask a potential client, I always say, if there was an alarm that was attached to your thought, and that alarm went off every time you thought something <laughs> you thought something more negative or thinking about what you don't want. How often would that alarm be going off? And some people are like, "Oh my God, it would be going off all day." Yeah, your, your cubicle <laughs> so, meet next door would be saying, "Turn the damn alarm clock off." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But that's a good awareness to have. Like, but it's also overwhelming. It, because when you're, you're experiencing it all day long, it's like, oh my God, I have to monitor yeah. all of those thoughts. <laughs> I don't, I, how the hell am I going to do that? And then I have to that, counter yeah, each one of them. Feel over, yeah, yeah oh. it's a big, it can feel like a big task. <laughs> but as Abraham has pointed out, that's why you're really not, it's not a good idea to try to monitor all your thoughts. What you're really trying to do is to monitor your feelings. Because yeah. if you monitor your feelings, that's a whole lot better. You don't have to f figure out what the thought is. You don't have to evaluate it in terms of, you know, is it a negative thought? Is it a positive thought? Is it somewhere in the m middle? You can just say, how does it feel? If it feels yeah. bad, then okay, yeah. you know, you're out of alignment. Done. End of test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot less time to do that. So when I first realized, I first learned actually, uh, read about how I didn't have to monitor all those thoughts. All I had to do was monitor my overall feelings and just keep working on, on getting to a better feeling state. Oh, what a relief that was. <laughs> how the hell was so it? 60,000 thoughts a day, I'm supposed to measure them all. How, how do I get myself there? Well, that was the original question. 
that was the question I first asked myself, how do I do it? And I started reading up on that too, getting ideas. And, you know, people suggest things like meditation and doing affirmations and gratitudes and all that kind of thing. And those are all good things to do. Um, I, I think what you end up having to do is you have to try a bunch of stuff. You have to just, you know, take, start with the stuff that people recommend, try that, see which one of them, ones of them work for you. Where, you know, which ones can you use to move the, the needle, so to speak, right? Up into a slightly more positive end of the range. If you can do that, then keep it. If you can't do it with whatever the method is, then put that one aside and try the next one. Yeah. And you do yeah. that with enough stuff, eventually enough methods, you, you find the ones that work for you. And what I ended up finding is that the ones that worked for me included um, on my walks, appreciating nature. That helped. Um, listening to positive ma- music, that was a big one for me. That continues to be a big one for me. That's probably the most positive one, most powerful one that I have. Um, laughter and, you know, listening to comedians and actually laughing out loud, that was a big <laughs> one for me. Um, yeah. No, but they're going to be different for everybody. I mean, there, for, there are some people I know, um, like uh, – well, Tom Wells, who does the Monday and Friday morning shows with me, um, his thing is meditation. He loves to meditate. That's where he gets his biggest change from. That's where he gets his biggest ability to move from. And for me, meditation is like, oh, you know. <laughs> We're just different. That's all, you know. So you yeah, have to learn what your differences are. That you have to you have to find what you what what makes your clock tick, without turning the alarm on. <laughs> Well, what happens is that that alarm starts going off less frequently. Yes. The more you start practicing it, and that's that's wonderful when that starts happening. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, how do you... So, for you, your alarm is... Initially, your alarm was going off a lot. Oh, all the time. And I didn't know it at first. That was the thing. It wasn't until my wife pointed out to me that my alarm was going off that I said, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't aware of it. You have to be aware of it first. And so, so, just being aware is an improvement. You know, just just knowing that it's there, that alone is an improvement. You have to reach around and pat yourself on the back for that. Hey, I noticed. Yes. What's great about the just the vibration and feeling better is, um, like, sometimes I work with people that don't know much about the law of attraction, and they're kind of pretty stuck in their ways. And then after doing a little, just a little bit of work and showing them how to raise their vibration, even in a basic way, just by feeling that little bit of raised vibration, like they can't argue with that. They kind of get that. Like, you know what? I did kind of feel a little better thinking about things in that way. Or I did kind of, it did make me feel better to focus on what things that I want. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Even in a basic way, you can kind of get that. I mean, when you're starting with somebody who is in the early stages, they've just begun to learn yeah. how this stuff works. And they've just yep. realized how negative all their thoughts are, and they're all negative, and oh my God, what, are we, what am I going to do? And you've got to find some way to get going into the positive. What do you recommend that they start with? Well, some of what we were just talking about, start becoming very aware of what you're thinking about and how you're thinking about it. And then if you, once you do that, once you realize you're, you're focusing on something you don't want or the lack of something, then in that moment, do your best to ask yourself, what what do I want then regarding whatever it was you were thinking about? And then in that moment, just flip it to what you do want and deliberately get lost in thoughts of what I want and why do I want it, and you will feel that difference in the moment. What if they're finding, though, that that feels overwhelming, like I, I can't keep doing that throughout my day, that's just too much? Well, I always tell them the, the most important thing is to keep yourself feeling as good as possible, so... 
Uh, if that doesn't work for someone, then I'll just say, well, just just take a moment, take a deep breath, and just think about some activity you like doing and why you like doing it. So, like, if you like hiking, just spend a few minutes thinking about, oh, I really like hiking, and I just love being out in the nature, and it feels so good to be in, with the trees and the little critters and being out there and, and, and all the good qualities and all the good things you like about hiking or whatever it is. And pretty much anyone could do that because everyone has different things they like doing. Right. Yeah, the, the thing to remember why, is They know why is. they like doing it. So right. just get lost a little bit in focusing on that, and you're going to feel a difference. The really interesting thing is that when we're in that depressed state, when we're in that really deep negative state, we've forgotten that we have things that we like. And so yes, we're, and we're, and they've forgotten that they can shift their focus to that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it, it becomes really an important res, um, revelation, so to speak. That oh yeah, I can remember that I had something I liked. What was the thing that I liked? What did I like doing? And it can take a while. I mean, just asking yeah. that question can take a while. You, you ask the person, and the eyes glaze over, and it's like, so what do I like doing? I, I've even asked. Somebody who, you know who was in depression. I did, just last year I was asking somebody about that. He was, he was asking for some advice, and and so I said, "So what do you like doing? What do you love?" It took him about fifteen minutes to come up with one thing he liked, but he did. Uh-huh. And then I tried yeah. to get him into, you know, so what did it feel like when you did that? And he had a hard time getting there. He had a hard time getting to that feeling. I said, "Okay, you know, so 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 you're like working incrementally, little tiny ways. Okay, so where can we find one more new step for you to take that's a little bit more positive that you've experienced previously? And yeah. you know, it, it it can make it it can be very difficult. Um, in fact, that's where I believe it's really important. You tell me if you think differently, but I think it's very important at that point. You've got to really want it. You got to be willing to do the work. You got to be willing to to kind of stretch yourself. You got to be at the point where you've kind of hit bottom and you just don't want to stay at the bottom anymore. You're 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 done. You're done with being there, and you got to climb out. Yes. Oh, yeah. You have to have that desire for sure. Yeah, because if you sure. if you aren't there yet, if you haven't, you know, if, if you're still kind of ambivalent about, well, yeah, I know I want to climb out, but I'm not really sure I want to do the work and so forth. Then nothing anybody can do is going to help you. Absolutely. You got to want it. You got to want it to some degree, you know. Otherwise, you know, you might as well just hand, hand your head, head in and you say you're done. It, no, that, I mean you're totally true because my my clients who practice what we talk about and are very aware of it, they have great success and great strides. And some of my clients who don't practice as much, I can tell when I talk to them, they're not getting the same results as people that do become aware of all this and practice and practice and practice and practice. So what do you think is the difference maker then? What is it that makes somebody want to say, okay, I'm done with being here. I'm ready to move up. Let's go. Well, I think it's just kind of what you said. They they reach bottom. They reach a place where they're, they have at least an awareness of, God, there's got to be something better, better than this, the mm-hmm. way I feel now. There's got to be, and I want to know what it is, and I'm, I want that. And from the, and from that desire, they can they're perfectly ready to start doing this kind of work. So I suspect you don't run into this too often, but if you run into somebody who's seemingly at bottom but they aren't ready to work, what do you tell them? Um, well, that you're right. It doesn't happen that often. I think one time there was someone I started working with who was in a depression, 
and I asked him, well, how often are you practicing the things we're talking about? And he said, well, not too much, a little bit. So I kind of knew that he wasn't setting, he was not setting himself up for success. Right. It's, it's that old expression, you could lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Like, you know, I can tell someone the most amazing process or the most amazing information, the most amazing thing to practice, but if they're not doing it, they're not going to experience the, any kind of positive result. So what do you do? Do you, do you, do you let well, them go? Well, typically that kind of person um, will not do coaching anymore mm. because they're not ready. They're not ready. Yet, yet when you're ready, that, that expression, you're ready when you're ready. Yeah. Um, but that's very rare because normally by the time I talk to someone, they're ready. They, they want to make changes. They want to start attracting what they want. They want to start feeling a lot better than they do. Which you need so as a coach for sure, because you gotta have you gotta have material to work with. Without material, you can't really go anywhere. Yeah, fortunately, most of the time when I when I talk to someone, they're ready. Yeah, which is great. That yeah. is great. That is great. So anyway, we're in the last we're in the home stretch of the chapter, and basically, what they're doing in this home stretch is they're telling you what you, what's waiting for you. What's the good stuff that's waiting for you? Um, the subhead is. Once you feel in control, you will enjoy it all. And it says you can tell by the way you feel whether your vibration is at the place where you are allowing universal forces to deliver your desire to you now or not. With practice, you will know whether you are on the brink of a manifestation or whether it is still in the becoming stages. But most important, once you are in control of the way you feel, you will enjoy it all. You will enjoy your exposure to the variety and contrast that helps you identify your desire. And you will enjoy the sensation of your own desire, which is being launched from your own valuable perspective and is flowing from you. You will enjoy the sensation of your conscious awareness when you are not a vibrational match to your own desire. And you will enjoy the sensation of deliberately bringing yourself back into vibrational alignment with your desire. You will feel relief as doubts slip away and as the secure feelings of well-being replace them. You will enjoy sensing things that are about to happen. You will enjoy seeing things beginning to fall into place. And you will adore witnessing the manifestations of your desires. You will revel in the conscious awareness that you have deliberately molded your desires into being in as real a way as if you had created a statue with the clay in your own hands. And you will adore the sensations you feel as you align again and again with the fruits of your own experience. The entire universe exists to produce new life-giving desire within you. And when you go with the flow of your own desires, you will feel truly alive and you will truly live. So a very positive ending to the book. That, yeah, that's great. It gives us a very that clear idea of what we're, what we're aiming for and what we're going to get to when we just keep working, keep you know, keep studying, keep practicing, practicing and failing and then trying again and trying another way to do it and failing and trying again and just continuously <laughs> trying to get us ourselves to the point where we're in, where we're in that total flow all the time. And yeah, the, I think that little segment we should all read to ourselves every day when we wake up. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I hadn't realized it was there. Us, right? Just yeah. to remind us, like, oh, that's right. Like make a little, maybe I'll make a little recording and put it on my iPhone and play it to myself, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good idea for yeah. sure. Yeah, because yeah. kind of, those kinds of, they call them rampages. I don't know why they call them that because they're, yeah. they're, yeah. they're good rampages, but they're, they're these rampages where you just go on and on about all this positive stuff that plays yeah. a really, really good um, makes a very good effect, impact on your subconscious mind. And 
I realized that very early on. I realized it in the very early stages of my own attempts to climb out of depression, to feel good, to to get to the point where I could attract on demand, so to speak, um, that when my subconscious mind is just allowed to be programmed by whatever, by, you know, the 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 tides of, of existence and, you know, the fates and what, what happens in my life by default and so forth, then my subconscious mind gets filled up with all this negative junk. But when I deliberately reprogram myself by engaging yeah. in gratitudes and focusing on doing fun things and stuff that I enjoy and, and preferring stuff and, and doing more of the stuff that I prefer and less of the stuff that I don't prefer and and you know finding every way that I can to get myself into that good feeling place over time my subconscious mind gets reprogrammed. That's the beauty of it. The subconscious mind is yeah. reprogrammable. We can reprogram it for, for evil, but we can also reprogram it for good. And that's the real great part. We can reprogram it for good. We can reprogram so that, among other things, you know, those bad thoughts that kept coming to us when we we're going to sleep disappear. And now all of a sudden, we're in relief because, thank God, those bad thoughts aren't bothering me anymore. You know? <laughs> yes, yeah, and it's important what you said, too, is spend more time having fun. Because I, I always ask people, what do you... What are you going to be doing in the next few days to have some fun? Mm. And some, a lot of times people say, oh, I don't know. I wasn't thinking about planning anything. Like you got, We all have to remember we got to have some fun because having fun feels good. It's vibration raising. It makes us feel connected. Yes. It's, important. it's super important, really One, important. That's what led to the podcast. One of the, the things that I tried early on was, well, let's try to do a podcast on this. Let's see, you know, maybe we can uh, get some more insights or whatever. And I found I really liked it. I found that it was really fun for me to do it. So yes, it is. It is fun. It is fun, isn't it? Yeah. And it's fun to listen to because we're having fun, so the listeners are having fun too. And, and so it's a fun, fun, fun situation, right? But, that, but yeah. what, I, it was a surprise. It was a surprise finding out how much fun it is to do and how enjoyable it is to the point where you know, I, was, I was practically addicted to doing it the once a week. And it was getting to the point after a few years of it that I, I can't wait. I, I can't wait till Sunday when I get to talk with David again. <laughs> no, it's too long. So it led me to want to actually do it daily and so forth. And it, you, yes. you find something like that, you start realizing just how much you like it, and then you start making time for it. You find more and more ways to make time. Even though it seemed like your schedule just didn't have a way to do it, you just find a way to do it because you're liking I know, it so we, much. We all have a few minutes throughout the day every now and then to do something vibration raising. For we sure. can, yeah. E- even if we're in the most ridiculously awful situation, and there are people who are in ridiculously awful situations, but even in those kinds of lives, there are still ways to do it. I mean, you can do it moment by moment. You, it, it's not like even if you're working at a job that you don't like and it's not going anywhere, that you don't have any time during the day to focus on getting yourself into a better place before you take the next step on whatever you're working on. Now, just to divert for a second, there's two vibration-raising foods that I had this week. That ah, here we go. <laughs> now, no, we're almost out of time, but one was a friend of mine made a homemade vegetarian lasagna. Ooh. And it was to die for. It was uh-huh. so good. And I, I ate too much of it because it was so, I was just like, wow, this is such a vibration raiser. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> I was somewhere else, and um, I had a, a taste of a banana frozen yogurt shake. And I don't know what they put in it, but it was wow. It was mm. so good. And I thought, I have to tell Walt yeah. about the lasagna and the banana frozen yogurt shake because they were just so good. It just really was a good, they were both really good vibration raisers. I wouldn't so. recommend them in the same meal, but you're right in both cases. I do like both. <laughs> 
Yeah, I didn't have it the same meal. No. no Do you have any vibration raising foods? Oh well, well, well Louise was making her spaghetti sauce yesterday, and again, Louise's spaghetti sauce is like that lasagna. It, it, her spaghetti <laughs> sauce is outstanding. I mean, you can't buy anything off the shelf that comes even close to her spaghetti sauce. And it just permeates well, maybe the house. Can, maybe that's her million-dollar idea. <laughs> she can market her spaghetti sauce. <laughs> I, I think she's actually kind of businessed out for the moment. She, she's been working very hard on the gardening business. It's really growing. And, and she's glad that she's done it. But I think if I were to, to suggest to her that she started another business, she'd give me a sideways glance like, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> but your sauce is so good. The world's got to know about it. <laughs> Next lifetime. <laughs> So what did you put it on, like pasta or? Oh, we put it on all kinds of stuff. Um, I think today she's actually going to make meatballs. She makes large, well, no, she doesn't make the large ones. She makes medium-sized meatballs um, to go with it. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll put, I mean, well, let's see, last night we had uh, chicken parm. Um, but Oh, I like chicken parm. Yeah, chicken parm, really, really good. Um, but almost any kind of pasta, um, yeah. she puts it on, uh, she, she makes like a, a noodle casserole thing that. Ooh. When she's not making the sauce, she uses uh, just tomato soup. But when she's making the sauce, it's like ten times better. It's, you yeah, know. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> All that talk about food, I'm like, as soon as we're done with this, I'm gonna have lunch. Well, well, then we won't torture you any longer. What we will do, however, what we will do is we'll remind everybody. Remember, we talked earlier about how you're going to be able to get a free copy of this book that we yeah. have. You know, some fifty co-authors writing, and let me tell you, the stories are great. They are really good. David, I shared a couple with you, I know. What did you think? They were yeah. good stories? Yes, very good. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, these are inspiring. They're, they they feel good to read. They're, they'll, they'll just be a great way to pick up your day. And you're going to be able to get a, a free copy of this book. But the only way you're going to be able to do it is by being a listener. And at some point during February, we're going to tell you how to do it. So that means you want to subscribe. And in order to subscribe, the easiest way, especially with an iPhone, just go to LOAToday.net, click the link that says click here to subscribe. Bada bing, bada boom, everything will just kind of connect together, and you'll be right there in your podcast software that's built into the iPhone. You can also, on the iPhone, go to the iTunes store, do a search on LOA Today. We'll show up there, too. You have to scroll down to the podcast section because they have, like, the album artists at the top for any kind of search. So you scroll down to podcast, and you'll see us there, and click to subscribe and so forth. On an Android phone... You have to have you have to install podcast management software, and there's actually a free one called Podcast Manager. That's a good one. You can find it in your Play Store. So just search on Podcast Manager in the Play Store, and then once you have that app open, then do the search on LOA Today inside the app. It'll pop right up, and you can uh, listen for all the different podcast uh, episodes that come through. So just want to make sure everybody's aware of that. And uh, by the way, feel free to tell friends about the podcast, too, because we want to spread the word. People who subscribe, they listen to episode after episode. So we know we have loyal listeners. We just need to increase the number and just spread the word. And what if someone wants to call in with a question? What should they do? Uh, Well, they should probably save it for the next show because we're almost out of time. But uh, for for, for future shows, yes, uh, there's a phone number right on the website. You can see it. Um, that's probably the easiest way to always find it, um, 860-264-5432, although that number will probably be, be changing soon, so I don't want you to memorize that one. Just keep looking for the web, for the number on the website. But, David, if somebody wants a little personal help, how do they reach you again? They can go to lifecoachdavid.com, and they can contact me through there. Very good. Dave, it's been a pleasure as usual. Yes, it has. Wonderful. Absolutely. We'll see you next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.